Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. Land which is filled with idols, filled with idol worship. Some of you who are, are on our mailing list, you're aware that I just recently journeyed to India, and you heard of some of the stories, some of the things I encountered. In that land. And let me tell you, my friends, India is a Hindu dominated land filled with idols of all sorts the shrines, the temples, the freestanding idols, and the various Hindu rituals we're seeing on a daily basis during our time there. My friends, it's a haunting place of epic proportions as we're speaking of many hundreds of millions who are enslaved to these idols, to idol worship, to these various Hindu demon deities. And let me tell you, one never gets over the ghastly images of the grotesque Hindu idols, such as Kali, Krishna, and so many others. I'll be, I'll be frank and very honest. They're disgusting. They're disgusting to look at, and even more oppressive to be around. I remember the day very well. I was escorted to a private pastor's meeting, which was located in an office building in the downtown area of where I was holding meetings. And I was escorted past a Hindu ritual that was taking place. And I looked into the into the eyes of the idol worshippers as they offered up their sacrifices and and let me tell you, I saw the gods that they worshipped, the demon that is that was present. Let me tell you, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. Because we're speaking of billions of people in our world at this very hour, who worship idols. And and a vast majority of these precious souls have no idea that behind idol worship, behind the idols are evil spirits. There's a spiritual dynamic behind idols. There's a spiritual dynamic behind idol worship. 
that I want to explore, that I want to expose you to. For there's literally billions of people that worship idols. I mean, just a few hours ago, my wife and I had some friends over, and we were just sharing with them, and we were discussing this whole reality of idol worship and evil spirits. How even in 2012, even in this modern day, there are hundreds of millions, billions of people still worshiping idols. It must be explored. It must be exposed. And tonight, we're going to look at the subject of evil spirits and idol worship on tonight's edition of Deliverance. I'm Jay Bartlett, and I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange, and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. up this is michael tate with news about another real life jesus freak suddenly the communist stopped beating the christian prisoner and blurted out i have power of life and death over you i am god the christian whose name was wreck took that moment to speak truth to his persecutor you don't know what a deep thing you have said you have not been created to be a torturer or a man who kills you have been created to become like god with the life of the godhead in your heart Rex's words in that Romanian prison planted a seed with the man. Days later, Rex's torturer opened his heart to Jesus and found his own place in God's family. How do you respond to the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with a thought from the voice of the martyrs. Did you ever wonder why Jesus still had scars from the crucifixion even after his glorified body was resurrected? Maybe it's because there's something beautiful about scars when they point others to God. The Apostle Thomas said, When I see his hands and put my fingers into the nail holes, when I put my hand into the hole in his side made by that Roman spear, then I'll believe he is risen. Eight days later, doubting Thomas saw, touched, and believed. In the same way, the scars of today's persecuted believers remind us of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. For more good news, go online to persecution.com. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with another way you can recognize a Jesus freak. Watch how they act. Now the truth is that Christians aren't perfect. We mess up all the time. That's the sinful nature of man. But an authentic Christian will work hard so that the non-believers don't view us as hypocrites. Peter wrote, Be careful how you live among your unbelieving neighbors. Even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behaviors. And they will believe and give honor to God when he comes to judge the world. That's an excellent reminder. Your behavior won't get you into heaven, but your behavior will help your neighbor to see and believe. For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. 
participate in the altar? Do I mean that food sacrifice to an idol is anything, or that an idol is anything? No. But the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons. The sacrifice, the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? The correlation, the connection that the Apostle Paul is trying to make to the believers at the Church of Corinth is very clear. The connection is when pagans offer a sacrifice to an idol, they're actually offering sacrifices to demons. They're participating in demonism. That's very, very serious. And he says, are we trying to arouse the Lord's Jones? Are we stronger than he? The Lord hates idolatry. Now, it's clear he hates all sin. But there's something very unique about idolatry. It directly links you into demonism, into the demonic realm. Hinduism participates, calls forth for the participant to be in communion with demons. Same with animism, same with Buddhism. I could go on and on. All the major false religions, all the false religions, all the cults, all the metaphysical groups, all the Eastern mystical groups, I could go on and on. All these groups bring you into communion with evil spirits. And in particular, we're speaking of idol worship tonight. When somebody bows down before an idol, they're actually bowing down before a demon, an evil spirit. Think about that for a moment. And we're speaking of hundreds of millions, billions of people in our day that participate in the worship of demons in our day. We're speaking of multiple dozens and dozens of nations around the world where the majority of the population actually, to this very day, worship idols. In essence, they're worshiping demons on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. And they're bringing forth generational curses, bringing forth evil spirits of idolatry. And these spirits are now then traveling through the bloodline, affecting families for generations. No wonder these lands are cursed. No wonder these, there's so many problems in these, in these lands of idols, filled with idols. 
you know, Southeast Asia. It's just a hotbed for demonic supernaturalism and gruesome, gruesome ceremonies, such as typhusum, which is a self-mutilation ritual. You know, much of 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 of, of Asia, India, the Middle East, much of this region is under the sway of the devil. When it, in 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 particular in, in dealing with idol worship and idolatry. And the spiritual needs of the people is great. Not that long ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to travel into Southeast Asia and to minister with the hopes of bringing some light into this very darkened region. And I remember after a brief labor over in Japan, we flew into Bangkok, the capital of Thailand, which is one of the largest cities in this entire region. We quickly found that the city had a major, major traffic problem, as many of these uh, major cities in Asia, you'll, you'll find out, crowded, yet very beautiful. Bangkok was a city of many wonders. But the landscape was littered with majestic Buddhist temples and towering buildings. The city also had its share of Hindu temples. And as Hinduism today noted, quote, Bangkok is the epicenter of Thailand's Hindu population, end quote. So on our drives to the city of Bangkok, we noticed quite a few of these Hindu temples peppered throughout the land. And I'll be honest, I was distressed at the sight of them. I was, I was reminded of when the Apostle Paul was in Athens. And how he was also disturbed to see that the city was full of idols. Idol worship is common throughout the third world. And my wife and I witnessed firsthand the spiritual dynamic behind idol worship in these demonic temples. Now, <clears throat> now I have seen the effect of idol worship as in places like, for example, in Western Africa. which I have visited on many occasions for ministry. But traveling to Asia and seeing it in Bangkok was entirely different. Allow me to explain. My wife and I entered a few of these Hindu temples to minister, to preach the gospel, and we experienced some truly devilish things. First of all, we were not prepared for the overwhelming clouds of incense smoke as we entered the temple grounds. Devotees were scattered about offering everything from food to money and toys to the various Hindu deities that were represented in this temple. And let me tell you something about these deities themselves. They are a sight to see. They're quite grotesque. And I'll just be honest, they're creepy looking. Some of the images of their deities represent horror, terror, and vile sexuality. I'll tell you something I love about Jesus is that he's 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 fully not only is he fully God, but he's fully man. It's somebody we can relate to. He's the God man. He was human. God in the flesh. He wasn't grotesque to look at. 
He wasn't vile. He's, a, he's our beautiful Savior. And that sets us apart from all these other groups, spiritual alternative groups, and in particular these Hindu. It's, it boggles my mind to see how these, these people, these dear precious souls, can bow down, offer sacrifices to these grotesque, evil, perverted-looking deities, these demon deities. But see, that is the, that is the stranglehold of idolatry, of idol worship. And as we read in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul makes it very clear that the pagans that offer sacrifices to idols are actually offering sacrifices to demons. So when these masses of people start worshiping idols, start offering sacrifices to idols they are bringing forth, they're unleashing demonic powers, that's captivating, that is placing these, these dear people in, under mind control. They don't know any better because they're so gripped within their minds. Their minds are under the control of the evil one. And then this generational curse, this idolatry is just passed on from generation to generation. But tonight we're going to break it in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to break it in the name of Jesus, the one true God. And when, when Elizabeth and I were in this one Hindu temple in Bangkok, I mean, we actually saw these people giving everything to these gods, these demon gods. And they were disgusting to look at. I remember seeing a precious Thai lady while in the temple. She quickly left the temple, crossed the street, went across the street, she purchased some bottled water from a street vendor. She brought. She came back into the Hindu temple, and you know what she did to? I mean, this is obviously this is a woman that probably didn't have much money in the first place. And and here she's buying bottled water, not for herself, not for her family, not for her children, but she's giving the bottled water to a Hindu demon god. And the question is asked, does she not know that this false deity is incapable of satisfying her deepest spiritual needs? I, I remember noticing groups of people bowing, actually bowing before these demon gods in worship. Oh, but you could see the emptiness, my friends. You can see the emptiness that was written all over their faces. Just one quick glance at their facial disposition tells the real story. You can actually see, yes, you can see the emptiness, but you can actually see, you can see the emptiness, but you can see the spirits, the evil spirits in some of the devotees. You could see them. It's a truly eerie sight to behold. I went on this recent journey to India. I'm a people watcher, I'm an observer. Of humans have been. It's a generational uh, blessing that's been passed down from uh, on my mother's side. We're observer of people. We're very discerning people, discerning in the spirit of God. And I remember observing the people in India, and everybody, nearly everyone I saw. I could see the Hindu spirit. 
I could see the Hindu demon god with it in them. It's a truly eerie sight to behold. <clears throat> We're talking about mass demonic possession on a, on a scale like you've probably, those of you, us in the West probably have never seen before. And while we were observing all these strange things, my wife and I in this temple, going on at this Hindu temple, my wife and I began to sense a spiritual, a very strong spiritual oppression in camp around us. It was as if the demons behind these Hindu deities knew we were a threat to the work of, obviously we were. We were there praying, ministering, declaring that Jesus is Lord. So instantaneously, these demonic spirits attacked my wife and I. And about the same time, we both experienced a very a very uh, mild but noticeable discomfort in our bodies and spirit. We could actually feel it. As if the de- demons were pressing in on us. I began to pray and I, I, I began to speak the lordship of Jesus Christ to reign tangibly over the temple. And I began to sense the devotees were disturbed by our presence, obviously. We continued to take a strong stand in our battle with the demons in Bangkok. Amazingly, after leaving the temple, we both noticed the minor discomfort that we had experienced in the temple had vanished, dissipated. We were free from Satan's attacks. Demons, my friends, do attach themselves to idols. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us this. And you can read it for yourself in 1 Corinthians 10, 20. The sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with evil spirits, he says. You know, many missionaries all over the globe speak of experiencing an evil supernatural presence when around idols. I've experienced it all over this globe. As I have traveled to six continents of the world, I know these things, the spirits of idolatry, are very real. And when I... And when I travel into the third world, when I travel into lands, they're dominated with idol worship, with Hindu, Buddhist temples in particular. I could feel the evil supernatural in a very tangible way when around these these idols. I have felt it in Africa. I have felt it in South America. I have felt it in Asia. I have felt it in the Middle East. It doesn't matter where I'm at. In the third world, I can feel the tangible supernatural presence when around idols. There is something more than just, there's something behind the idol. And that's what I'm trying to get at tonight. And I hope you can hear me tonight, spiritually discern what I'm saying. That Our battle is not merely against that idol, though that idol needs to be destroyed. Our battle is truly against the spiritual force behind the idol, which is a demon. I mean, missionaries all over the globe testify of this being the case. And besides, the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures declare that the pagans, the sacrifices of pagans, are offered to demons, not to God. 
So when, when people are participating in idol worship, they're participating in demonism. The spiritual dynamic, the spiritual connection is clear-cut. You worship an idol, you're worshiping demons. Idol equals evil spirits. Now, the reason why people often feel this strange presence when around idols, and the reason is very clear, it's because there are evil demons nearby. And oftentimes, demons will actually inhabit these idols, longing for false worship by the unsuspecting. That is why the Apostle Paul cautions those who offer sacrifices, reminding them that they are actually, in reality, offering sacrifices to demons. Now, earlier this year, I'll share. I'll share something, a personal story here. Earlier this year, I had the great opportunity, and it was a great honor, to travel into South America, holding open air beings. I had traveled... Uh, I believe it was Barbados first, held some open-air meetings, and then I went on to uh, Georgetown, Guyana. Now, if you have traveled to Georgetown, Guyana, you'll immediately find that this is a land that's filled with idols, surprisingly. Many people are very surprised when I tell them that in South America, in Guyana in particular, Hinduism is very prevalent. Now, there's a historical reason why that is, but the fact is, Hinduism is very prevalent in that land in particular. I remember taking the taxi from the airport to the hotel. And as I was riding down the main road, heading into Georgetown, I remember noticing in the front yards of people's homes these very large, grotesque idols. And they actually built shelter over these idols as if to try to protect the idols from the elements. Now, could you imagine? I remember seeing kids out in the, in the front yard playing, playing ball and, and, and playing just around this idol. Can you imagine the spiritual implications that you're bringing in on, uh, in, into your home, onto your property, by erecting a, a, an idol, allowing a demon idol to be present on your property? Oh, it's disgusting. My heart went out to the family, to the children in particular. Moses tells us in Deuteronomy 32, they made him jealous, he says, with their foreign gods and angered him with their detestable idols. With their detestable idols. Idolatry is detestable to the Lord our God. Detestable. They sacrifice, Moses writes, they sacrifice to demons which are not God. Gods they had not known. Gods they, that recently appeared. Gods your fathers did not fear. You deserted the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. In Psalms 106, we see clearly the connection between idol worship and demonism. Where it's written, they worship their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. Idolatry, idol worship equals demonism. 
demon worship. Now, the only way you're going to be able to break this is through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. For only the one and true God has power over these these demon gods, these evil spirits, the idolatry. Only the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Only the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Only the crucified blood and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ can break the spirit's hold upon your life because of idolatry, because of idol worship. And I would encourage you, at this very hour, there are people listening in to this global broadcast throughout the world. Right now, I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I confess as you is the one, one and true God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I follow you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I follow you. I renounce idolatry, and I command the spirits of idolatry to lift off me, to come off of me, off my children, off my family, now by the blood of Jesus Christ. In the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, spirits go, quickly go, depart from me, come out, come out, come out, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, your blood, setting me free. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Amen. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you today. And I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 